everyone, I'm Hannah Lloyd. And I'm Charlotte Gilfillan. Welcome to our podcast, Women in Wellies. Each episode, we will be inviting a guest to share their stories, experiences and lessons of working and living in rural Scotland. We want to get to know the real women behind the wellies and share them with you, our listeners. Hello and welcome to episode four of Women in Wellies. Today, we are joined by Chloe Forbes of Country Sports Scotland and Stormwatch Gundogs. Chloe, lovely to have you on. How are you? Very well. Thank you very much for having me on. I feel honoured to be invited. Well, no, we're really looking forward to having this discussion with you today. Um, Why don't you start us off by telling our listeners more about who you are and what you do? So I'm Chloe Forbes. I'm the project manager of Country Sports Scotland. I've been living in Scotland now for over four years. Um, So my job is, well, Country Sports Scotland, the organisation, is a marketing platform for country sports opportunities and accommodation in Scotland. So um, a lot of the work I kind of do is marketing to the consumer, the opportunities they've got available, and then also working with the businesses who are looking to advertise with us and um, developing those opportunities there. And so that's obviously my kind of day job. And then also run Stormwatch Gundogs with uh, Will, my husband. Um, He's the kind of the main person behind it in terms of training. And I just kind of help assist with some of the other stuff, um, mainly kind of Instagram and sort of helping to build that brand. We just really, the focus is trying to build um, the brand in the sense of, you know, the gun dogs that are kind of fit for purpose. They're all around, they're pets, but they're also, you know, out in the field, um, you know, during the day and doing the job properly to the best of their ability and just connecting that kind of bond with the dog and the, the owner. Um, and I currently have, obviously, a tackle which is due to give birth any day. So very excited to see her pups and yeah, see what they kind of produce. Um, it's it's good as well because we usually, uh, Will's mum tends to kind of do the litters. So this is the first time I've actually done one of our own. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they kind of develop. So my background is, well, I've always been involved in the countryside. Um, I've, obviously, I'm from kind of the Lake District area. So I've been brought up around animals, mainly horses. I actually used to kind of compete horses um, up to a high level till about the age of 18 and then kind of went into kind of shooting and like mainly clay shooting, much to my mum's dismay. <laughs> I think she would have liked me to stick to horses. But I'm sure my dad was actually quite glad that I didn't. Um, so, yeah, we, I kind of got into clay shooting and did that for many years, worked at a kind of clay ground, helping out on a country clothing store um, and the clay shoe and did a bit of, I did kind of registered competitions with clay shooting and did a little bit of game shooting, but it wasn't really till I moved to Scotland that I really got into kind of that kind of side of things, sort of field sports and, you know, deer stalking and more so with the dogs, I guess, with meeting Will as well. He's been brought up with dogs his whole life. So um, I love seeing that. I love kind of training the dogs, um, you know, although I don't do kind of try them like Will does, I love to see the dogs you know, kind of start off as puppies and see them develop and then having the first day in the fields is always a very special moment. Yeah, so curious as to what prompted the move to Scotland four years ago. Uh, Will, it's all entirely down to Will. (laughs) (laughs) So you can blame him. (laughs) But um, no, we actually, um, me and Will met on a shoot day in the borders just through mutual friends, totally random. Like we didn't have... um, you know, we didn't know each other really. And these people, um, you know, the mutual friends, like they didn't really know each other. It was just totally 
uh, by chance that we happened to meet on that day and yeah we got on quite well and we kind of were back and forth and then I made the move to Scotland because Will um, is self-employed he's a farrier so he's his work's kind of here and doing kind of marketing you kind of do that anywhere really essentially so I, I loved it up here like I love the lifestyle I love Scotland so I thought why not and still here four years later <laughs> oh and they all lived happily ever after <laughs> well yeah something like that <laughs> at what stage did you start working for Country Sports Scotland um, so I've been working for Country Sports Scotland now for about a year and a half um, before that, I worked for an estate um, just a little bit um, south, uh, north of Pitlochry, um, and they they also offer kind of uh, sport and country sports. But they they're quite big tourism. They do accommodation. Um, they've got the castle, um, which visitors come to. And so it was a kind of I had a bit of experience in terms of well-rounded experience of tourism on an estate and also you know my main job was kind of marketing there I did some events and operations as well so that kind of led me on to this position now which in a sense is sort of similar because you know it's mainly marketing also do attend events and it's more of a kind of strategic role though than my role previously so I've got more kind of opportunity to develop and really kind of progress if I want to um and also you know because I am the only person that works for the organization um you know I do have that kind of creative freedom to be able to kind of put forward my ideas to the board but also sometimes can be difficult when you are the only person and you need somebody to kind of bounce ideas off so it swings and roundabouts but um it's a great organization to kind of work for and I've made some met some fantastic people through it and you know hopefully we'll see what happens in the future how we develop i absolutely love that sybil has already come up in this conversation as a firm as a firm fan of chloe's tekel sybil um i am delighted that she's already she's already come up and she's a she's a, a cracking little character um so chloe you've given us a, a brilliant overview of, of what you do which is so diverse and you can tell that you're really passionate about the countryside and um and Scotland and even though you're relative a relative newcomer um you that you really love life in Scotland so uh moving on what inspires you to kind of do what you do and um and why do you do it I think really my background kind of being in the countryside okay maybe not in Scotland but you know just been surrounded by kind of animals and you know when we were kids I mean mum dad used to just kind of you know like kind of throw us out of the house and say go entertain yourself and um which was great I mean it's probably just not like that nowadays but um you know we had we had like some land at home so we kind of you know we were fairly kind of safe and you know I was riding horse and things like that but I've always been outdoorsy like I just love being outside and you know coming to Scotland like you know some of the opportunities I've had like in sense of just living where we do it's it's fantastic it's rural um you know we can head up to the hills but we're also kind of nice location that we're fairly central and um you know we're close to kind of Dunkeld and things like that and in terms of like you know country sports I mean I guess like I've like living down south I hadn't really done that much kind of field sports and obviously moved up here and you know going out things like I remember the first time I went out deer stalking I was just amazed at like how big a landscape it was and just love kind of meeting new people as well that are you know kind of similar mindset and learning from them and you know the stories they've got to tell like I just 
I just love learning more about it. And, um, you know, I just want to kind of like share that with other people as well. So that's why, you know, kind of put stuff on Instagram as well, the experience that I've had. And, you know, I love being able to kind of tell stories through the job that I do about the people. I guess it's really the people and, you know, the scenery as well and the kind of, you know, in terms of country sports, like some of these places that you kind of get access to are totally like remote and wild. And, you know, those people live and breathe those landscapes. And I just think, you know, being able to tell the stories of those people and, you know, going and seeing how a different state does things as well. Like I just, I love that. And I've been able to kind of work with different organizations in my job as well, who all have, you know, slightly different specialism. Like I love that side of things when it comes to you know my role in country sports scotland i think it's it's really interesting that um all three people that we've interviewed so far um all episodes have been out everything that inspires people has come back to people and um it's so you know i I'm, it's a massive thing for me that people really inspire me and and sharing their stories and i think that's you know it's it's amazing how like-minded people come together almost unconsciously like i wouldn't have realized that all the guests we've had so far would have said people but everybody's said people <laughs> inspire them which is um I guess that's is an example isn't it of this like-minded people um kind of coming together which is which is really really exciting and sharing stories which is what we're here to do yeah and I think like I don't know you know compared to other industries because obviously this is the one that I'm kind of involved with but I feel like you know the country sports industry because of maybe it's kind of like public perception, I feel like those that are involved with it, they really do kind of come together and they work together. Um, you know, generally speaking, I know there's maybe some case where it doesn't happen, but generally speaking, I think most people kind of want to work together and kind of help each other out. I certainly get that impression. And obviously I've been here a short time, but I think that, you know, there's a lot of connections as well because it is a small industry. A lot of people kind of know each other and, I think that's what makes it so nice as well as that kind of community feel. Yeah, I definitely think that sense of like supporting each other um community and is is huge and across Scotland but particularly in the rural in the rural sector in its kind of in its clusters. So, yeah, for sure. What do you think makes Scotland so special and unique when it comes to country sports? Why should people come to Scotland to take part in them? I think there's lots of reasons why they should, but um, I guess if we're looking like purely at kind of country sports, I mean, as a as a country, it has such a diverse offering of country sports, like compared with anywhere else. I mean, you know, you've got all your different, um, you know, your four species of deer, and you know, open hill red deer stalking, like it's iconic to Scotland, and particularly if they use like the Highland ponies, like the Garants. I mean, there's not really anywhere else in the world that that sort of does that and I think you know that's a big one for people to kind of come and experience and I think they also like you know that it's it's quite a traditional sort of thing I think there's that quite um you know I was speaking to a guy actually um because I'm trying to look at developing into kind of the American market because you know we get a lot of kind of American visitors and he said that you know they really feel that there's a kind of like tradition and, you know, that kind of pride in the work they do and things like that in Scotland. And I think that's something that, you know, visitors really feel when they come over um, and the way that people have been doing things for, you know, centuries. And, you know, that's obviously just kind of deer stalking, but also just in terms of like, you know, the game shooting. I mean, there's lots of different kind of 
species and you know there's opportunities you know driven shooting or you know walked up shooting like you know with the dogs i think there's all different levels and you've got you kind of wildfowling as well and then you know fishing is a whole massive industry in itself as well and you know the famous like atlantic salmon on some of the rivers as well you know people travel from literally all over the world and i think it's because you know it has that prestige it's it's in set in a beautiful landscape you know usually and also just the people as well i mean gilly some of the gillies that i work with you know have been on the river for like you know 40 or 50 years and they just know every single little bit of that river and visitors love that because you know they take they soak in all that kind of information and different ways of doing things and i think yeah to probably put it down to one thing would just be like the diversity of opportunities really available and then all the other things that kind of come with it yeah absolutely and there's a lot more opportunities now for women to be involved in country sports. There's a lot more women taking part in fishing, shooting, stalking. There's a lot more female gamekeepers. Um, you would you would have noticed a real kind of increase in that, Chloe. Yeah, I have. I think, um, I mean, since being involved in kind of clay shooting, because um, I think that's quite a good way, gateway sport to kind of get into field sports. Um, and I obviously I've been kind of shooting now for over 10 years and I used to kind of host ladies days and things like that with, an organization and you know since then there's been a lot more kind of ladies groups set up and um you know they're really good at kind of bringing giving women an opportunity to kind of get into it um but also i think it's it's you know obviously giving people a place to maybe get started but i think it's just more widely accepted now that women you know are involved in the industry and you know whether they want to do that through you know a specific ladies group or they're just you know involved in it through friends or family or whatever it is i think there's definitely more people kind of coming in and i think that's been kind of taking place over you know many years now do you get a lot of people coming to you um, a lot of women coming to you to ask how to get into certain sports yeah i think i probably do i probably don't um i think it's again a mixture of all sorts of people probably come in to ask and how to get started um certainly through you know my job as well those that are maybe kind of beginners I always try and put them you know perhaps with an, a sporting agent or somebody like that who you know has got a lot of experience who can you know provide equipment and all those sort of things and and make sure people start on the right foot but um yeah certainly say there was there's more kind of interest and I think Instagram is probably like a, a big driver as well. I think it gives people like a platform to kind of connect and maybe like, you know, find opportunities. Probably shouldn't say Insta solely Instagram. Social media uh, is a great platform to kind of meet people as well. I think, that, uh, you know, people, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, maybe lots of people like in terms of like some of the leads organized probably never actually met face face before they maybe just spoke on Instagram but then it kind of gives them the confidence to see you know what some of these days are like and they'll go along and you know my perception of going along with some of these days with organization is that they're very welcoming and you kind of make friends for life as well and I think it's great to have that platform to kind of connect with people if you're kind of thinking about getting into it. I mean your own Instagram you very much come across as an ambassador for country sports, whether you were doing that job or not. You know, it's very clear that you're very passionate about it, that you love it, you know, that you love being out in the countryside, that you love taking part in all these things. Um, and it just looks really enjoyable. It just, you know, the, the, the impression that you get from looking at your Instagram feed is that what a wonderful thing to be part of. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I certainly try to put like, I try and put a realistic impression as I possibly can. But I think, you know, I, I enjoy all aspects of kind of country sports. I just love a country way of life, like I said earlier on, that that's all I've kind of ever known. And I think that, you know, I'm always keen to kind of learn more as well. And I love love following other platforms because, you know, everyone has a slightly different you know, specialism or whatever they're kind of into. And I love being able to kind of look at things and and learn something from other people as well. And if people get that back, you know, from me, then that's great. But I think I really just want to say that it doesn't, you know, there's there's so many opportunities out there. There's not just one way of kind of doing things. Um, and it's not always kind of, you know, maybe stereotypically like driven shooting or, you know, you know, red deer stalking that kind of higher end maybe things for people to start off. And there's lots of other ways of kind of getting into it, you know, like going to these clay shooting days or, you know, getting in touch with somebody who's involved that could maybe kind of take you out or whatever it is. I just want to kind of promote that there is lots of different opportunities out there. And, you know, I probably like I enjoy doing a little bit of everything as well. I'm not like, you know, it's not one sole thing that I like more than the other. Um, you know, I've really enjoyed deer stalking since I moved up here and, you know, I love kind of going out, but I also love, you know, kind of working the dogs on a day or, you know, just, you know, or being on the river, whatever it is. Like I love kind of all aspects of it. And I just want to try and push that out there and, and, you know, give people, make sure it's kind of clear that there is different opportunities out there. There's not, you know, and there's lots of different ways that you can kind of get into it as well. Like, you know, some of the organizations, you know, like Basque and, and other organizations have, you know, days on as well. If you become a member, they have a lot of kind of training days and different things that, you know, people can kind of get into as well. So it's not just kind of social media. There's like a big network that you can create from, you know, being involved in some of these organizations too. Which creates great opportunities and then more opportunities for more more experiences which is which is I guess what what this is all about and um Chloe I think so far we've been we've been very positive and and a lot of it is very positive but um alongside positivity there's always going to be some challenges and what challenges have you kind of faced both working working for Country Sports Scotland and and in the industry as as a whole? I think uh, there's probably two ways to answer this. I think if I was looking at just like my position as in the organisation that I work for, um, I am obviously um, the sole person to work in the organisation. So while I said earlier that that is great because, you know, it gives me creative freedom in a sense and, you know, gives me the opportunity to kind of, if I've got an idea, to push it forward. Um, but also, you know, it can be a little bit lonely sometimes because it's just me and, you know, it's quite hard to, you know, not always have, although I do kind of have a team around me, it's me just focused on this organization. So it's, that's where I think it's important to, to kind of have a good network of people around you that if you have got an idea and you want, um, you know, some kind of feedback that you can pick up the phone and speak to somebody, um, but yeah, I think that's probably sometimes a challenge, just that kind of sole working situation, which I guess must be quite common for a lot of people in the rural sector, because some jobs are like kind of working on their own. And that's why, like I said, it's important to have good people around you. Um, and then I guess another point would be, um, you know, public perception um, on kind of country sports and, you know, that that sort of 
you know, and, and government as well. And, you know, some of the kind of legislations that are coming into place like that does put kind of more pressure on the industry and, you know, some further restrictions as well, which which is difficult. Sometimes you can feel that's getting up against you. But I think you've got to just think about the positives and just be mindful of what you're doing. Like I'm always really conscious, you know, I feel like a, a responsibility when I'm posting stuff, even on social media, that really making sure that, you know, everything's kind of um, best practice and making sure that, you know, all the work we do kind of promotes that because, you know, a lot, all the estates that we kind of work with endeavor to do that as well. And you just want to make sure you get that kind of clear message across and there's then, you know, it helps with hopefully less scrutiny as well um, because everybody's kind of doing their jobs properly. I think, Chloe, social media is a really powerful tool in changing public perception as well. Like you say, making sure that best practice is, is what's demonstrated on social media and linking back to what you were saying before about, you know, people see what's on social media, not just, you know, not just country sports enthusiasts who've maybe been aware of what happens before. And I know, like, um, I'm a really good example of somebody who was very unaware of what happened in the kind of country sports world, but has learned loads through following people on social media and through speaking to people and I've been fortunate to engage with to engage with people. But, um, you know, putting out there best practice is something that we do have to all be aware of when we're posting whatever you're posting. You know, we all know how quickly something controversial can kind of blow up on social media. So I think that's really it's really powerful and and really good that you're like mindful of that when you're when you're posting, I think. And I think also like what I try to do is, you know, the the say you know if you want to look at it like the you know taking the shot or you know the kill it's such um you know whether it's stalking or whatever it's such a small part of like the country sports and like say for instance if you're talking about you know the kind of the days stalking for instance you know it's it's a very small part of the day is is pulling the kind of trigger it's it's everything else that goes with it and you know those experiences of being somewhere kind of totally remote and wild with somebody who's got you know so much knowledge experience who loves his like job and you know knows the landscape better than anybody else and can kind of share that and you know the kind of stalking in because it's it's not it's not an easy thing to do and they're a wild animal and it takes a lot of skill to be able to kind of successfully stalk into an animal so um you know there's all those things that before you've even kind of pulled the trigger so i think that it's also just about showing that kind of experience really and all the other bits and not kind of you know focusing on the blood sport so to speak that's probably how maybe some of the public perception sees it as yes it's really interesting I've had a few conversations with people kind of over the last year where they've said like some of their best days stalking they've actually you know they've gone home empty-handed as such you know they've not they've not even they've not even pulled the trigger but they've been with great people they've been in amazing scenery and they've just had you know a really memorable kind of kind of experience you know whether it was that they were up before sunrise or whatever you know you just see like totally the landscape in a totally different way and you're probably the only people for miles and miles around and and just really get to soak in parts of Scotland that other people just don't visit I guess (laughs) don't 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 get to yeah 
I think it's also like, you know, for me, you know, I would have just an enjoyable day going to a shoot, you know, picking up with my dogs or beating than I would being on in the line of guns. Like it doesn't, it's not really about that for me, um, you know, and for everyone else that's kind of involved who understands the industry, it's about, you know, just being there with those kind of people, similar minded and, and you know, having a bit of, you know, banter in the countryside as well. Like it's just being with kind of people friends and socializing and, you know, working the dogs and, you know, that's like a big part of it as well. Like to me, like I said, whether I'm kind of, you know, shooting myself or just going along to the day, it doesn't matter. It's, it's just about kind of being out there and being with uh, like-minded people. Chloe, what would you say was your favorite country sports experience? Is the one that stands out for you? I think it would have to be, uh, the first time I ever went deer stalking because it's unlike like anything I'd ever done before. And um, I also realised I was massively unfit. <laughs> so that also taught me that. But um, that was just a side thing. But no, it was, um, we went, my first experience um, deer stalking, Will took me for my birthday uh, up to uh, Glen Artney, just past Creef. And um, we went out with Alice to the head stalker there. And uh, Will's actually been going there for quite a few years and uh, he shoes the kind of hill ponies up there. So, yeah, we went out. It was it was it was quite a deep day, actually. It was pretty miserable, but it didn't matter at all. In fact, that was kind of like one of the nice things about it really is just just being outside, even though it was wet and wild. It was still really enjoyable. And like I said, it was uh, it was quite hard to get up the hill for me. <laughs> the other two didn't find it so hard, um, but it was just yeah i think I, I just really didn't know what to expect at all and it was just totally like nothing to experience it was you know remote wild like i loved hearing about you know that the deer management side of things like you know how many they um you know how it all kind of works that process and you know i didn't really even have much experience with rifles but you know alistair made me feel kind of comfortable and confident and you know made sure that I was within my capabilities if I was going to, you know, take a shot. Um, and yeah, we got into some um, after kind of by sort of the afternoon and I was managed to kind of take a shot. And the I just remember seeing the hill ponies uh, coming up the glen and with the saddles. And I was just like, wow, like you can't really describe that feeling unless you kind of see it. It's just amazing. I felt very lucky like to be able to do that because I know not every estate can use hill ponies but I think also for me like you know having horses all those years it was kind of like a nice thing to see them working like in a traditional way um and I was very excited to be able to lead the pony back down the hill as well and just then go back to the kind of larder and and see how they do things back there as well because like I said I hadn't really had any experience with that so I just loved the whole process and I couldn't kind of wait to get back out again and yeah and I've done my DFC level one now as well so I'm quite keen in the future to you know do my level two and you know i'd quite like it you know if me and will can go out and manage like a little bit of ground and we love eating venison as well like we try and eat all like all year round like game if we can like all through the winter especially um you know we get fe uh, pheasants from a local shoot and you know we use them and we try and obviously like we eat venison really. we try to eat a bit of everything but we're really kind of mindful of that if we can be um especially when it's like on our doorstep as well i think that's so so great in like an age of sustainability and all that to be like so aware of where your food's kind of coming from and i know um i know when i've visited you 
Chloe, you've made you've made venison and it's been absolutely delicious. But and actually, like you wouldn't know. And actually, when I visited you too, Charlotte, you also made me venison. So <laughs> there's a, there's a common theme here. Um, but it's um, <laughs> but I think that kind of being really mindful of where food's coming from, I think that also puts country sports probably more on people's kind of radar than it maybe has been for a long time because we're all aware of food miles and and trying to be kind of yeah I guess aware of where our food is food's food has lived it's lived lived its life before it's before it's giving us giving us a dinner or a lunch or whatever so I think sometimes there's a bit of a barrier of people kind of knowing kind of what to do with it I mean when I I remember the first pheasant that I actually kind of de-breast myself and I was like where do I start and luckily the a guy that I kind of been shooting with who has a lot of experience he kind of properly talked me through the whole process of kind of how to do it and then just from years of doing it I've, I've learned kind of quick ways to kind of do things but and I feel very kind of confident to handle a game but you know if you've never had that before it can be a bit of a daunting task to know like where to get started and I think it's just trying to like you know I always um, try if, if nobody's kind of had game is you know maybe de-breasting something and, and giving it for somebody to kind of try and in a way that they can maybe like recognize how to kind of use it rather than just handing uh you know a dead bird which can be a bit daunting if you like I said you don't have any experience yeah <laughs> please don't please don't give me a dead bird please don't I would have no idea <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't thank you for that, Chloe. <laughs> I know. I could give you a masterclass. <laughs> Probably how not to do it. But <laughs> um, I guess also, um, I was just going to say, you and Will this year are running the Edinburgh Edinburgh Marathon. Congratulations on that, because uh, beyond well beyond me. But you're running it for um, a charity who do kind of do this work, don't they? Make game more accessible for people in, um, in that way. They're a fantastic organisation. They do a lot of work, um, I think, especially down in England and Scotland, certainly as well. But, um, yeah, they basically work with kind of shoots and estates to kind of take some game and process it into meals, um, curries, you know, pasta, whatever it is, um, and then, you know, give it to those people kind of in need. Country Food Trust. We'll put a link in the... I think we'll put a link in the show notes to the Country Food Trust because I think it's a great way for people to kind of well a great charity for people to support um and a great way for a game to become a bit more kind of mainstream and inaccessible so chloe we always finish up by asking our guests what their advice would be to the next generation of rural women in scotland i had to think about this one the other day um because there's probably lots of things i would say um but i think it's like for me um particularly like moving up here from down south I think it's like having you know confidence in yourself and you know if you've got an idea or whatever is is not being kind of afraid to say it and be kind of forward thinking and you know there's always we're always should be trying to progress and look at new ways and in the way that we can do things kind of better and I just think having that kind of confidence to be able to kind of put ideas forward um and also, like for me, especially, I found that surround yourself with a good team of people, those kind of people that you can trust with, you know, varied experience as well. I think, you know, you don't want to always be, you know, talking to people who always agree with you. I think it's also good to get people that, you know, see things in a slightly different perspective as well. But those people that you can kind of trust are going to give you kind of honest feedback. I think that's really important. And I certainly found that 
like in my job, like I said, with it being quite, you know, like a lone kind of working job, I've really tried to build a network of people, um, you know, who from all different, you know, organizations or, or types of experience, whatever it is, to be able to have people that you can kind of trust, rely on and, and, and bounce ideas with as well. It's also good because I think that, you know, you can get inspiration from other people as well. You know, they might say something and, you know, you might not go and do the exact same thing, but you might, you know, take inspiration for that. And, and you know, it might help to kind of trigger an idea or or whatever it is or look at something like in a different way. Um, and I think it's also just kind of motivates you as well. If you work with kind of people who are, are similar mindset in the sense that they're kind of, you know, wanting to progress or, you know, like have that sort of similar values you to you then I think that's also kind of motivates you as well to work with like-minded people I definitely agree I think that a network that challenges you and but also just having those like trusted people around you is so powerful you know I think I know that I'm where I am now because I've built a network like that I know Charlotte I know you're the you're the same and um Chloe it sounds like you're you're also very much the same of that kind of the power of people people around you and and being able to pick up the phone and say what do you think of this is this stupid or you know can you pop in and see me I've got this idea I want to bounce past you or whatever you know it's it's um it really is incredibly powerful to have that have that around you and to build that and I, I think like from like my own point of view as well I think it's like pushing yourself to like do try new things as well like you know sometimes you know whether it's like you know I'm not a big fan of kind of doing public speaking or you know presentations lots of people but I know kind of you know once I've done it I, I feel like I've kind of achieved something and I think it's pushing yourself out of your comfort zone it's the only way you're going to kind of grow and progress and also I just think that you know then it doesn't feel so like it's nothing's ever as bad as you think it's going to be and you know, and then you feel great after you've done it. So I think like kind of pushing yourself to do things as well is really important because I think that also then motivates you to think I can do this and then you kind of move on to the next challenge. And I think it's good to have things that challenge you and, and to push yourself as well. It's actually really interesting that you say that because although we're only a couple of episodes into this podcast, um, there are some themes already developing and actually stepping out of your comfort zone is definitely one of them. I feel like it's probably like the only way you really learn as well, like is by kind of, you know, pushing yourself. And sometimes, you know, things work out well and sometimes they don't. And that's you learn from that and then you move on to the next time or whatever it is. So, yeah, I, I think so. And there's lots of things like I've done since I've moved up here that have kind of pushed me. And each time it, it gets like a little bit easier. And, you know, I think that it helps you to progress and to feel like you're kind of moving forward. Thanks, Chloe. So we will close out another episode. I can't believe that's episode four um, recorded already. Thank you so much, Chloe, for joining us today and sharing your stories, experiences and lessons. Some really great, great stories in there. Oh, thank you very much for having me. And I hope it was of use to some people. And yeah, my doors like it's always open. Um, you know, drop me a message on Instagram or an email or whatever. And um, whatever it is, I'll kind of try and help if I can. If you want to look for country sports opportunities, obviously uh, get in touch or, you know, follow us on Instagram. Perfect. Thanks, Chloe. If you want to connect with Chloe um, or learn more about Country Sports Tourism Group, then you'll find them on social media and all the details will be in the show notes below. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, follow us on Instagram at Women and Wellies Podcast to stay up to date with all the latest news. 
And you can email us with any questions on womeninwelliespodcast at gmail.com and we'd love it if you could leave us a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time.